Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Loop Podcast, which is a show that helps B2B marketers stay in the loop with what works today when it comes to marketing to the modern buyer. It's your boy, Gaetano. I've been running a part of Cognizm's podcast for a while. Um, I've done various episodes with different people. And today we have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you guys. We have Todd Clauser and Obed Durrani. Guys, welcome to the show and thank you for joining. Thanks for having us, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome to talk to you about all this stuff. Absolutely, guys. So look, we're going to talk about the easy mode content framework and SEO. Now, I think this is a fascinating um, topic because SEO is about capturing demand and the easy mode framework is more about, I would say, creating demand or staying top of mind to non-solution seeking people. It's more of a pain point focused strategy. And it, you know, a lot of the topics don't have search volume for specific keywords, right? And so we're going to talk about how to marry these two strategies together for a perfect blend of, of content marketing. And I think I'm really excited about how we uh, break this down today. So uh, guys, to, to kick it off, um, people may not know exactly what the easy mode framework is. So what is it? How did you develop it? And what's the benefit of a strategy like this? Yeah. So real quick, um, we won't, you know, I won't, I don't want to take too much time on this. So if you guys aren't familiar with the easy mode framework, you can check it out full breakdown of it on Cognizant's YouTube channel. And, um, you know, just a quick recap of it. It's a framework created for in-house marketing teams to be able to create a content engine, media company, all that stuff with their in-house marketers. Um, as we've seen recently in B2B SaaS, like influencer marketing is taking off. Um, you may not necessarily have the budget to work with influencers. It may be difficult to get leadership buy-in to do all that stuff, whatever the case may be. So we created a framework that compiles pretty much every concept that Todd and I have come up with, and we ordered it in a way that's easy to follow. It's broken down into eight parts, uh, mindset, purpose, strategy, ideation, creation, distribution, performance, and iteration. And um, the way that we came up with it is actually funny. It just, it was like two, three weeks of Todd and I just arguing back and forth and just roasting the crap out of each other and disagreeing and debating. And he would be like, well, I think, you know, for example, uh, the content journey which is part two, purpose, and idea-driven content, which is part one, mindset. In the beginning, because these are our concepts, like the mindset part was my concept, the content journey part was his concept, they're kind of similar. So we were arguing a ton about it in the beginning. It's like, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. This is what I mean. And so like, literally, that's how we came up with this framework is just by roasting the crap out of each other. And side note, I think that was the best way to go about it because we worked out a lot of the rebuttals and flaws and kinks that our audience would have had, right? They would have been like, well, this doesn't make sense with this. This doesn't make sense with that. And Todd and I covered all of that in the beginning when coming up with it. So, you know, so far it's been what, I don't know, Todd, like eight months now. And we've yet to hear someone say something like, well, 
in this part, you know, this doesn't really make sense or nothing like that. So it's been crazy. We've had nothing but praise on it so far, compliments on it so far. And um, yeah, the entire purpose of it is for you as an internal marketer and in-house, you know, in-house marketer at a B2B SaaS company, you hear a lot of advice like make good content, know your audience, build a media company, um, create demand. And it's just like, all right, I get all this stuff, but what the heck does it mean? How do I do all that? So the framework is literally just a step-by-step process to help you accomplish all of those uh, tasks and goals. Absolutely love it. Thanks for the overview. I think that uh, really shares a lot about the work that went into creating such a phenomenal program. I uh, got myself well up to speed with this program in working with Cognizant. And, you know, I really was impressed with the framework and um, the way Cognizant actually went about implementing it has been really eye-opening. So I definitely uh, tip my hat to you guys for coming up with this thing. Now, how do you guys think about SEO, right? Because as we, as we kind of mentioned, like, you know, like um, there isn't search volume, yeah. Most of the time for the for the topics that you're going to decide. Yeah. So what's your take on SEO and how it can fit into this this framework, right? I mean, I'll obviously give you some thoughts yeah. on, on, you know, some ways that I've helped Cognizant go about it to a degree, yeah. but curious to get how you guys think about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with SEO. I, I love it because I feel it's a necessity. I feel it's very important. I think it's one of the main things that every B2B SaaS company should invest in, you know, the order in which you go about investing in it can differ. It could be the first thing you go for, second thing you go for, maybe you go into social first, then you branch out into SEO. But regardless, I think it's very needed. The hate part of the relationship comes from, I feel a majority of, you know, practitioners or professionals in the SEO space, like, it's really just a game of let's find a keyword with high volume, low keyword difficulty, and let's write a topic around it. And a lot of the times they're very like basic uh, articles and blog posts. Like for example, if I'm trying to rank for the term email marketing, instead of, you know, creating a guide on, you know, Hey, here's how morning brew was acquired for $70 million through email marketing we nine times out of 10 will just create a blog post around like email marketing, the ultimate guide in 2023. And then it's just the same stuff that like everyone kind of already knows. So the reason that I think the easy mode framework really does help with SEO is when you get to, uh, you know, and I, I, maybe it's part three, when you get to part three, where it comes to developing your strategic narrative and creating a realm of relevancy, just real quick, what that means is, you know, as I'm sure you all, 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 all listeners know, the strategic narrative is this, you know, story about a new game, old game. It's the changes that you want to implement. It's the, you know, the way that you feel people should go about doing things. And it should tie back to why your products can help with those outcomes. So once you craft that narrative, the problem from there is a lot of companies that do craft narratives it doesn't make its way to their everyday content, right? Maybe they have their CMO posting about that narrative on LinkedIn, their CEOs posting about it. But once you go to their blog, their YouTube channel, they're still doing the same old thing. So 
that's why we created the realm of relevancy, which is the bridge between your narrative and your everyday topics. And we, what we do is we break your narrative down into three or however many unique point of views. We break each unique point of view down into further point of views or perspectives that we call sparks. And then we break each spark down into all of the nitty gritty details, which we call subject matter. So once you create this realm of relevancy, you have a ton of bullet points, you have a ton of things that you can talk about. These are all topics. And, you know, when we were working with Cognizant to craft their realm of relevancy, if I remember correctly, uh, I think we had three, was it three? We had three or six point of views for each uh, use case, because obviously your sales audience is going to require different content from your marketing audience. And if you're, you know, an even if you're if you're a SaaS product with an even broader use case, like, for example, maybe you're a project management tool. So then customer success can use your product and marketing can use it and sales can use it and design can use it and they can all use this tool in different ways. So what we did with the realm of relevancy is we created one for the marketing audience and one for the sales audience. And from there, one of the one of the things that we saw or we realized is one of the best ways to get this information out there is to create a blog series documenting your entire narrative and put it in an easy way to consume. I also still think that blog posts are the main way that the majority of marketers in our industry get their information. I know we've built like this little community on LinkedIn where there's like a couple hundred, couple thousand marketers and we're very active there. But when we look at the majority of the industry, 99% of the industry, I still think that blog posts are the main source of information, how people learn. So what we did is we documented their entire narrative through blog posting, uh, through blog posts. And I think that's really extremely helpful. I just did it again at Hockey Stack and, you know, it's been a huge guiding light for us. I think the way that this differs, this method differs from the way that we currently write blog posts is we usually start right now. We usually start with like a keyword first keyword and topic first approach where we do keyword research. We pull up the keywords that we want to rank for. We create, you know, interesting, unique topics around these keywords. We write our outlines, then we write our blog post, right? And then we may even use ClearScope or Surfer SEO, whatever, to optimize these blog posts. And, you know, that's usually how it goes. But with the easy mode framework, the way that we do it is we go to our realm of relevancy first. We go to our strategic narrative first. And, you know, uh, one of the point of views for Cognizant's marketing audience, for example, was we need to stop building fantasy funnels. So I remember the first blog post that we wrote that stemmed from the realm of relevancy, we wrote it with Amy Collins and Gaetano, I think you actually had like the final review and like you were also a lot of help with this and I'll get into like how you were a big help, but the way that Amy and I planned this article out, this blog post out is we pulled up the realm we pulled up that unique point of view, we pulled up all the sparks, and then we put everything in order. So the topic of the blog post was the point of view itself, right? Like stop building fantasy funnels. And then we took each of the three sparks and we ordered them almost in 
the way that you would want to reveal this information to someone that wants to learn about this topic. And then we took each of the subject matter and we ordered those in the same manner. And then Amy, she went, wrote up the blog post. She did an awesome job of it. Uh, we sent it to you for review. Now, where we got stuck is what you mentioned earlier, that it's sort of difficult to come up with the keywords for what these blog posts are going to try to rank for. And so what I would suggest is the way that you get your keyword, because it comes after, it usually comes after the blog content is already written. I would say, think of the terms, the, the phrases, what people would be searching for if they were looking for this information. And then you can dig up your keywords that way through the people also ask section, things like that. And then that's when you go to Ahrefs, SEMrush, your keyword research tools to sort of validate that keyword. And I remember that's the part that we got stuck on and we turned to you for it. You were the one that came up with the, with the keyword we were going to rank for that. So I definitely think that this is a, a great way to go about SEO. Does it replace the current approach altogether? No, I don't think so. I think there's still room in your SEO strategy for the current approach, which is, hey, let's just, you know, let's rank for keywords that are relevant to our product, that are relevant to our service. But I also think that because of this framework, teams that invest in SEO, they should also start considering blending this other approach for it, right? So you can have, you know, maybe let's say like a part of your blog is dedicated to the keyword research type stuff. And then a part of your blog is dedicated to narrative driven topics. And the other reason that this really, really helps is now when you go back to your leaders posting about your narrative on LinkedIn, for example, you're always going to have a bigger resource to link back to, right? Because the way with the, the way we blog our narrative is we break each point of view down into chapters. So point of view one is chapter one, point of view two is chapter two. Now let's say that Alice, Cognizant CMO, she writes a post tomorrow about a topic that stems from the realm of relevancy. And let's just say that it's a subject matter under point of view three. Well, she's always going to be able to link back to chapter three after that, you know, that LinkedIn post. So it's almost like this endless source of distribution for your blog content. Whereas with the keyword first approach, you know, the way the industry has taught us to promote those blog posts is, hey, create a Twitter thread, you know, summarize your blog post in a Twitter thread, summarize your blog post in a LinkedIn post, and then it just dies down. How many times can you actually do that? Because you're actually just promoting this blog post. But with the realm of relevancy approach, no matter what you're writing about, it's always going to stem from a topic from your narrative. So you'll always be able to link back to one of those chapters. So it's like this endless source of content distribution keeps your blog post going. And I think it, you know, once you write this type of content, I think it's also a link for like a magnet for backlinks. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a ramble there, but that's, you know, that's my take on that. I mean, yeah, dude, that was very, very well said. Um, some thoughts that come to mind are the following, you know, totally on board with your approach of like, you know, with SEO content, you're starting with the keyword, right? Um, like let's, let's use the example of SaaS marketing funnel. Yeah. Well, 
that was reverse engineered. So I looked at the fantasy funnel post. Obviously, um, you know, I helped shape that 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 post quite a lot. I think it also opened my eyes to some of the challenges with the easy mode framework, which is there's so much narrative, there's so much perspective that these posts can get quite lengthy. Yeah. Like this, 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 you know, this post on Cognizant initially was like a 4,000, 5,000 word monster. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, this is very, very in depth. Like we need to cut this down to about 50%. And so I worked with Amy on cutting that down, but you know, in looking at the content after it's done, that's when you kind of say, all right, what is this really aligned to mm-hmm. most? And it's really about the SaaS marketing funnel. That's yeah. really uncovering what this is about. And so it was pretty easy to, you know, align that after the fact. But even to your point on, you know, some content strategies kind of need a mix of, you know, perspective-based content, realm of relevancy, realm of relevancy content, yeah. and just hardcore, you know, SEO content, right? Yeah. Um, having, having a little bit of separation on church and state is good because the goals are different. Um, you know, the other thing that's striking about all this is most companies, they don't have a realm of relevancy. That's why they can't do this strategy. They don't have a perspective and they're not willing to make a point of view. Um, and that's one of the prerequisites for having, uh, the easy mode framework. Like I used to work for a telecoms company. And we used to kind of joke about this. We used to, like the company leaders would ask us, you know, what's our LinkedIn strategy? And I'm like, well, we don't really have one because we're the kind of company that you only find us when you're searching for something in Google. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like unless you're searching for something in Google, you're not going to hear about us. You're not going to find us. Um, nobody on LinkedIn wants to really hear too much about VoIP troubleshooting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so um, mm. we kind of just like owned that. Um yeah. Now we probably could have developed the easy mode framework, but it would have been really tough because, you know, it would have required deep thinking. Um, and that's what you guys really are, are pushing companies to do with the strategy. And I think, you know, most companies won't be able to pull it off because they just can't think deeply enough to, and, and they're unwilling to create a point of view on something. But yeah, that's a good segue into the next, you know, portion of this, which is, you know, the metrics, hmm. SEO metrics, are, are pretty straightforward. It's yeah. keyword rankings yeah. associated with the page. It's amount of organic traffic going to the page. And, you know, we all know that most visitors don't convert on SEO content unless mm. it's a very, 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 very bottom of funnel thing. Yeah. But it sounds like the easy mode framework is measured in a different way. It's measured based on engagement yeah. and resonance. Yeah. Um, and so what's your perspective on, you know, measuring whether or not the easy mode framework is effective after you implement it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the first part of it really comes down to like internal metrics before we get to external metrics from the audience, right? Like implementing the easy mode framework should just make content ideation, content creation a lot easier, right? Like the teams that we've implemented it at, they were they were doing well, but they were they would get stuck on some parts. They would get stuck on you know, like, okay, we have this messaging, but we have this messaging on LinkedIn, but the messaging is not going through on our blog post, or we're not following that same messaging on YouTube or something like that. So everything is almost siloed, right? Like your video department's working on one thing, your podcast people are doing it one way, your blog post people are doing it one day, one way, your social team is doing it one way, and everything is almost siloed. And you kind of have all these different approaches. 
And I think the big thing is we it's 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 hard to wrap your head around all the things we know we should be doing, right? Like we should be creating a media company, we should be creating demand, but we should also be capturing it. And it's like, all right, man, I'm a marketing team of five. Or I'm a marketing team of four, five, six. Like, how can I do all of these things through one cohesive strategy? And I think that's the big part um, in, the, in, in the internal metrics is, is this making content creation easier? Is this making your entire content engine one cohesive engine, you know, or is it still broken down into multiple parts? So that's one of the hugest things that I see teams really benefit from initially. And then from there, it's like, okay, you're creating this content, it's going out. Are people talking about it? Is your, you know, are people engaging with this content? Is it resonating, like you said? Um, I built this narrative at Hockey Stack. Um, obviously, Hockey Stack is, you know, this attribution tool. Amir and the other co-founders, they already had this big theory about attribution 2.0. But when I came in, I built out their entire strategic narrative. I built out our realm of relevancy. And now that, you know, we launched our blog post series yesterday and we already have people talking about it. Like people are already mentioning attribution 2.0 and the blog series on sales calls. People are already coming inbound and they're quoting our blog series as the reason that they're interested in it. So I think one of the huge benefits of it is that cohesiveness, right? Like, um, like we need to create thought leadership content. We need to also create educational content. We also need to create tactical content. And it's like a lot of teams, they get stuck in one of those. So it's like, you could be creating a lot of great content around your product, but then what are you creating to show people why your product is needed, right? Or it's like, okay, you could be creating a lot of thought leadership content or a lot of narrative driven content, but people aren't going to know how your product helps with all of that if there's no product related content. So it's really just the, the ability to bring all of these things together into one approach. And then from there, you know, to see whether it's working or not, it's, it really just comes down to, uh, you know, qualitative feedback, qualitative you know, um, just what you feel from your audience, you start to see a ton of mentions, people start writing their own posts about your about your narrative, they start tagging you in it. People start to, you know, come inbound, and they're quoting these things for you. And over time, you just see this gradual increase in engagement from your target market, you see that it's resonating better. And you know, are there any metrics like oh, you know, my CAC was dropped by 15% due to the easy mode framework. I mean, sure, but that's a part of the bigger engine, right? You still have LinkedIn ads running. You still have all of that other stuff going. And the easy mode framework isn't meant to like replace all of that. It's just meant to bring all of these different functions together to one specific approach and accomplish your goal, which is one, I need to educate my market on our product and our narrative. And then two, because not everyone's looking to buy right now, I need to entertain them just for us to stay top of mind. And the trap that a lot of companies have fallen to in the past is they'll create this entertaining content, but when you ask someone what their product actually does, 
no one really knows. So the easy mode framework helps you create that entertaining content and associate your product to specific outcomes by showing you how to build that content on creative concepts. So it takes care of what I feel are the two simplified main goals of every B2B SaaS marketer, right? One, educate people on your narrative and your product. And then two, entertain them through creative concepts that are tied back to your product so you stay top of mind. So when they do move in market, they think of you first and they think of the outcomes that you can provide them. Man, it's, it's genius, man. I, I absolutely love it. Um, <clears throat> and completely on board with like that explanation as well of you know the way you go about thinking about the impact as well. Like, yeah, is it going to be easy dotted lines to say, yes, the easy mode framework created a 10% drop in CAC and X percent, you know, increase in blah, blah, blah. Yet, you know, it's, that's maybe a little bit too rigid yeah. in terms of how you think about it. But, you know, when you look at the bigger picture and the bigger machine, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, you know, with that being said, we're, we're at the end. So, Obed, listen, man, what what do you think is something that they that that marketers hearing this should stop doing, start doing, and continue doing? Um, yeah, one thing I think people should stop doing is caring about competitors, what their competitors are doing. I give zero shits what my competitors are doing. When I came into Hockey Stack, I only research competitors to get an idea of the landscape, what's going on, and then from there, I stop caring about it altogether. It just pollutes your thinking, it pollutes your mind, pollutes your strategy. So stop doing that. One thing you should start doing is use the content journey, top down, middle out, bottom up content. Decide who those people are. Uh, again, check out the YouTube video from Cognizm for a full breakdown on that. But once you start creating content that way, that's really how you take care of all those different fields. Like, hey, we need to spread our narrative. We need to spread tactical content. We need to spread entertaining content. The, the content journey is the best way to do that. And to continue doing, keep caring about what your customers do and how they consume content. And I think just triple down on customer research, talking to customers and really, really learning more about our audience prospects and customers. I think that's a phenomenal recap on board with all of those uh, closing remarks. And I thank you gentlemen for uh, joining me on this podcast. So thanks again. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Take care. Yeah, thanks for having us, man.